I want to give the world my take on Vince Russo. And this is not a crack on the Italians. The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. Episode 325, even though we've done more than that. This is the official episode number 325. It's the second week of January of 2023. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things, maybe more than ever before, on the first. So many things we can't talk about on the first and the only wrestling podcast. I, I botched it. We're, we're out of practice here. It's been a while since we've recorded due to us banking a few shows uh, before the new year. Well, Vince McMahon is back. Mm -hmm. Stephanie McMahon has resigned from WWE. Mm -hmm. WWE is hoping to be sell, hoping to sell itself by the middle of this year. There was a twelve-hour period this week where there was reckless online speculation that uh, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund had bought WWE. And uh, a segment of wrestling Twitter was just going nuts about this. And as it turns out, that hasn't happened yet. But uh, WWE, Vince McMahon back as the executive chairman of the board of directors, Nick Khan, the sole CEO. Triple H currently still chief content officer Stephanie McMahon completely gone from the company. There's lots of uh, lots of intrigue here. What do you think about the the machinations going on in WWE? Well, Stephanie looked around and said her work here was done. <laughs> going out on top. Uh, well, it certainly looks like, and given that, I guess it's knowledge. I've heard it just discussed as if it's fact, so I assume it is that there was a, a a board of directors vote at the end of December that unanimously unanimously voted for Vince to not come back. Uh, at which point Vince uh, put himself and the two former presidents of the company, uh, Michelle Williams and George Barrios onto the board of directors and three other people. Michelle, was, Michelle Wilson, not Wilson. Michelle Williams. Same. Okay. No one's, once an actress. Okay. <laughs> the actress Michelle Williams was put on the board of directors. <laughs> and uh and yes, and they uh <laughs> and uh all of a sudden Vince is back and, and the, the word was that Vince basically said as the majority shareholder, uh he would not allow a sale, nor would he allow any new rights fee negotiations to take place if he was not brought back and he and, and George and, and Michelle were not put on, on the board and he was not made executive chairman. And wouldn't you know it, that, <laughs> that uh, unanimous vote turned around real quick. There were some other resignations from the board. And uh, like a day after he was officially back, his daughter is out of the company. Yeah. 
Yeah, that uh, that about sums it up. So as as I was going to say, as you you pointed this out to me like months ago when the line of, well, the board would never let him come back, which is that he can just he he owns the he owns the majority of the company. He can do (laughs) he could do whatever he wants with the board. Like he could just get rid of people if he doesn't if they're if they don't want him to come back. And that's what he did. Yep. Yeah. Are we uh, are we surprised at all that Vince appears to be pretty gung ho about selling his life's work? I guess a little bit. Yeah. Um I'm I'm a little bit surprised by that. Um mostly because as we we kind of discussed this off the air, even if he were to sell and part of the sale gave you know with some agreement where where vince was kept in charge of creative for 10 years or whatever before they could they could you know get rid of him um any clause like that i have to assume would be uh would be would be uh subject to a morality clause and i don't know if you've heard of this Vince McMahon fella um but it seems like it would be pretty easy to get rid of him under those circumstances uh even if he had some uh, even if he had some sort of uh you know legal assurance that he would be uh that he would stay in power at least creative power after there were new owners but i don't know maybe it's just that maybe he felt like if you know this was his only move like if i can't uh, if i can't win the game i'll just upset the board um, literally and physically and uh, figuratively it's really it's really clever what i just said i said it on purpose um but yeah I, so i guess it's a little surprising that he would entertain the idea of anyone else having their their hands in on his baby without him ultimately controlling or holding all the cards of of who's going to get get their way at, at the end of the day but yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just felt like it's time to uh to just hit the uh hit the nuke button. Uh and didn't want <laughs> didn't want Stephanie and Paul to to uh to win, I guess. I don't know. What's what do you have a do you have a read on this as far as him taking, you know, being willing to take on a a a buyer at this point? My thought when the uh the Saudi Arabian news not the uh the the fake Saudi Arabia story but the story that Saudi Arabia was interested in buying it not that they had bought it or were going to buy it mm-hmm. but they were interested in buying it my thought was well I think Vince is going to take this thing private he's going to get a group of investors together and it may include Saudi Arabia, but he is going to take this thing back private. Saudi Arabia may own 40% of the thing, but they're not going to be a majority owner because as we've seen with Saudi Arabia's live golf thing, uh, their, their golf uh, tournament, their golf league that they put together, uh, to run opposition to the PGA, they can't get on television in the United States mm-hmm. because nobody will do business with them. They can't. They won't get a rights fee. Uh, they are gonna. They're gonna do time buys and are going to sell 
advertising themselves. But as far as uh, getting these massive rights fees, that there's your test case for Saudi Arabia outright owning something and trying to get media rights fees in the United States. It doesn't happen. So Saudi Arabia owning the whole thing doesn't make any sense for me. Um, them being a a large, um, them owning a large piece of it, but not the majority of it. I think it's easier to get a a, a um, to get a lot of money from NBC Universal and Fox and whoever else, as long as they don't own the whole thing. So that was the the main thing that this stood out to me this week. It was like. I don't think Saudi Arabia is going to buy this whole thing. Um, I think Vince taking it private and running it is maybe the most likely scenario here. Um, they've hired. There's a, they've hired a, a bank. They chose a bank today to represent them in the sale. They already hired JP Morgan to. Uh, investigate the um, strategic alternatives as they as they they termed it, but um, they hired their ring group as financial advisors. Kirkland and Ellis as their legal advisor, and August LLC as their communications advisor. These are the lawyers that were representing Vince in all of his mm-hmm. uh, issues over the last six months and now they're representing WWE in this sale. Couldn't, so couldn't convince Jerry uh Jerry McDivitt to come out of retirement to, to spearhead. Jerry, Jerry's been trying to retire for a decade, <laughs> I guess. I guess not. But um yeah, so I think I think they're legitimately trying to sell. Uh if I were Triple H, I would be prepared to be fired or sent back to work uh, in the basement again. Uh, in the mailroom. Um, maybe, Stephanie maybe already a, went home. Maybe send an edible arrangement down to Jacksonville. You know, Paul, Paul, you might need a job soon. I think maybe if he wanted to, he could start his own thing. I don't, uh, I don't know that, uh, maybe he'll join Freddie Prince Jr.'s definite real promotion that's going to be coming out in the next couple of years. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely a real solid timeline on that thing. Well and, known uh, good friends, Freddie Prince Jr. and Triple H. <laughs> now, if it were Seth Green. Oh yeah. I mean I just know I think... because the only the only story I've ever heard about Freddie Prince and Triple H is that Freddie Prince desperately went to bat to get them to put the belt on Jeff Hardy in two thousand eight. And Triple H did everything he could to keep that from happening and ultimately Jeff Hardy got the belt in 2008, and therefore I assume Paul hates Freddie Prince Jr. Sure, that's that's a, it's a fairly safe bet there. So, uh, so the company's getting sold, not yet. It's been uh, it's going to be a process. It's not going to happen uh, in a 12 hour period, as uh, bad Twitter journalists uh, think. Mm-hmm. Going to be a month-long process. Who do we see as the most likely buyer here? I still think it's NBC Universal. Yeah, I mean, I think that that makes sense because 
the network and raw and potentially you know i could see them making it i know there was talk or people were talking about that are they going to make a bid for smackdown and put that on on nbc proper like 10 years ago that would have been unthinkable but now smackdown's pretty much winning the demo every single friday night on fox so i don't think it's out of the question um anymore that nbc would put smackdown on on its its main network on a friday night um yeah and plus with with as heavily invested as they are between the peacock wwe network connection and at least raw on usa possibly also smackdown could be in play as well um yeah it would make sense that if they're paying that much to uh you know to 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 air their product why don't they just buy the company because for the amount that you're going to probably spend on the rights fees maybe not the exact dollar figure but probably similar dollar figures of what you'd have to spend to just buy the company outright i think we we talked about this at the time that the the peacock network deal was made it's like at what point are you so involved with this company that it just makes more financial sense to just buy them outright than to keep buying additional products and and libraries from them so yeah nbc seems like a a no-brainer if they're if they're fully selling the company yeah and it would pay for itself within you know 20 years or whatever right if, if that long but yeah the interesting uh interesting times it's it's also just one of those things where as as seen by vince mcmahon just getting to walk back into his company uh after being uh ousted uh in disgrace there's never any real like comeuppance or justice in in the world for people like this so the only enjoyment that any of us regulars can get is just watching them backbite and stab you know stab each other in the back and and screw each other over so for that reason alone this has been a wonderful week i think for uh for for me and for for wrestling fans everywhere so there's a story another story that came out today that uh, Triple H and Stephanie have always opposed to sale. And uh, Triple H, I would say his approach to running creative has been uh, underwhelming. Mm -hmm. But definitely with bringing all the talent back that he brought back, definitely seemed like he intended on, on running this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, didn't have an eye on on uh, on selling it and uh, and stephanie uh, as soon as her dad gets back uh she just she's she's out of there um has this made stephanie mcmahon a sympathetic figure something that is very difficult to comprehend <laughs> um not i don't know it's hard for me to answer this because of my predisposed feelings about anyone that has that amount of money. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if it looks like if she thought the plan was one day, dad's going to go away and let me run things as I see fit. And I don't think a sale makes sense. And I want to, you know, I want to run the company and now here comes, you know, and now dad's gone. He had to retire. I got, I got my rightful place. And then, six months later the rug got pulled out for me i mean yeah there's some there's some like you know 
dark irony in that, I guess. There's some, you know, you can... I can see why someone would feel sorry for her. I do not. Um, because, again, she gets to just go be a rich white lady. And <laughs> that's a pretty good gig in and of itself, uh, from what I understand. So uh, I don't really feel any sympathy for her. But, yeah, I mean, if 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 there was a 10-year plan that she and, and Nick Khan and Paul had that we're going to, you know, take this company to new heights... And and now that's all been ruined because, you know, the old the old man went a little stir crazy at home and and just decided to bl- to hit the nuke button. Um, yeah, I could see why that that's sad and why someone might feel feel frustrated on on her behalf. But I personally don't. Well, that's fair, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> She'll go be like the VP of a made up marketing company that doesn't do anything, um, but makes it onto every like Forbes 100 list as like an exciting company to watch. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I, I, just, I, just, I just don't like what's what well, I don't know. I don't, there's no, I just imagine she, she has a lot of experience as the female, the female CEO and she always is winning awards for like brand marketing and integration. So I'm sure she can go if she needs the money, which I would think she doesn't. But if she wants to go be a, an executive, I'm sure she could find uh, another company, another job fairly easily. Well, if they sell the thing, she's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. Sure. <laughs> so she would. She doesn't need to, you know, get a part time gig. I'm just saying if she want if that if being an executive is important to her, I'm not saying that she needs the salary, but like, yeah, if she if that's important to her, I'm sure a lot of companies would would love to have her name on their, uh, you know, on their on their board of directors or whatever. That's fair. That's fair. Though to be television itself, painfully dull, just painfully dull. We're really in a like a. This is like like 1999 Kevin Sullivan booking, I feel like right now. Like it's not the worst stuff you've ever seen, but it's there's just no life to it. <laughs> and some of it's the worst stuff you've ever seen. We're two weeks away from Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. We have uh, three women announced for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and between five and seven men announced for the Royal Rumble. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We have a, a Mountain Dew match. <laughs> Nick Khan has uh, got his hands on the Royal Rumble. Uh, Bray Wyatt and LA Knight are wrestling in a Mountain Dew match. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman Reigns is wrestling Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble uh, again. Mm-hmm. Second time in three years, I believe. Like third time in five years or something. <laughs> for, the, uh, for, the, for the title of the Royal Rumble there. And uh, and and yeah, I and mean, we really have no sense whatsoever of of what is happening, what the WrestleMania direction is. I was trying to figure out WrestleMania directions for some people mm-hmm. this week, and uh, just because just because I find the 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 booking of the women's division typically to be more traditional, old school wrestling booking and less complicated and 
I find it easier to figure that out. It's like, well, what's the biggest match they could do? Ronda and Becky. Well, they don't want to wrestle each other because uh, Ronda doesn't want to be in a program with someone who could verbally turn her into a filet of fish sandwich mm-hmm. without trying. And uh, Becky doesn't want the match for reasons, apparently. Uh, Afraid of I, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. I think she's got one foot out the door. But uh, all right, so Becky Lynch, not and probably not in a title match there at Mania, and then I think your title matches are uh, Charlotte Flair defending against whoever wins the Royal Rumble on the SmackDown brand, and mm-hmm. then some talk about the Ronda and uh, and Bianca on the Raw brand, which doesn't make sense because uh, Ronda's not on the Raw brand, but mm-hmm. maybe Ronda and Shayna go for the tag titles, and Bianca wrestles. Rhea Ripley or I don't know somebody mm-hmm. or uh, uh, the Alexa thing last last for a while there oh, and we God. get uh, thought but yes possibility yeah, yeah. we get uh, maybe we get the judgment day against uh, Seth and Becky and uh, they get a third uh, edge or somebody in a in a uh, in a in a mixed uh, gender program there anyway point being not a lot of clear direction uh, two and a half months away from WrestleMania here and uh, pretty lackluster build to the Royal Rumble, which is just two weeks away. Yeah, uh, I guess it's the the attitude as well. It's the Rumble, isn't it? So that's self itself. We don't have to try. And in the case of this past week, they have the excuse that they were going up against the college football championship, but um, that doesn't college- excuse the other three weeks of the <laughs> of the month. And as it turns out, the college football championship didn't hurt them. They were actually slightly up week to week. I think they mm-hmm. may be down a little bit in the demo, but they had more total viewers than the week before because the final score of the football game was like 86 to four or something. <laughs> and and the game was over by like the end of the first quarter. <laughs> right. But regardless, that seems to be the the general attitude. Is and and some people didn't, I guess, weren't there. People were all filming. Uh, Becky was filming Young Rock. Uh, the world champion doesn't work Mondays. Um, <laughs> so uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's still they're they're beginning to ramp up the teases of the bloodline turning on Sammy. So yeah. I guess you have that to. And obviously, as you said, they're they're building to Kevin Owens and and Roman. So, um, Cody video packages. It's true. This is the uh, the 2002 Triple H uh, comeback. Yeah, uh, video packages ahead of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, so that's 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 something. And maybe they feel like they just need the Rumble, and they everybody knows there will be some returns and surprises and. Uh, assume that yeah, Edge is back. Maybe Beth's in the women's match, and you set up the you know the Edge and Edge and Beth versus Finn and and Rhea match or or something like that for for down the road. Um, maybe that's before Mania, and then like you said, maybe it's Seth and Becky against uh, Judgment Day at Mania. But yeah, you got. I mean, you got you. I guess maybe they just feel like well, everybody knows people will come back, and there will be returns and surprises, and it's the Royal Rumble. We don't have to try so. Uh, as a result, the television has been largely uninspired 
And as uh, we may have talked about this on the last topical show, but they've just decided now that uh, the bloodline is the NWL. And, and so they're just, they're just always beating people up and like stopping on the announce table and stuff now. Very out of character. Especially when Sammy's in there. Like it's just, it does not work at all. No, not at all. No. The vibe of the, of that group was, well, we're pretty much half-assed baby faces now mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're badasses who win every match. They announce they're going to win every match, and then they win every match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to their credit, everyone... they did kind of make that the storyline that Sammy guaranteed the win, and then they lost to Kevin Owens and John Cena, and so that's why they're they're irritated at Sammy. I I suppose I don't. Know. Well, that's WWE. AEW had a large dynamite show this week in Inglewood, California. They said it was Los Angeles at the Kia Forum. Adam Cole Baby came back. It's nice to see Adam Cole back. I guess mm-hmm. he's back for good after being out, you know, six and a half months with a concussion. Mm hmm. Uh, good to see Adam back, and he managed to remind us during his promo he sleeps with Britt Baker. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, that's that you know that would be a crowning achievement in a lot of people's lives. So <laughs> good for him. This is very very funny. He's cutting this excellent babyface promo. It's very heartfelt, talking about how he loves the fans, and he'll never forget. Getting tweets from fans that were like, I don't even care if you wrestle ever again. I just want you to be okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very heartfelt. And he's talking about how he would want, he would get out of bed with Britt in the middle of the night and just pace. And he didn't know what was happening to him. It's just like, it was very funny <laughs> that he, he managed to work, to work that in completely unrelated in, in the, what was otherwise a very good promo. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was uh, it was just great to see him. He there was a life. I think there's been a life to the last couple of dynamites that was uh, missing for the last few months. And not that's not to say the shows have been perfect, but they feel Hot like crowds. Yes, that helps. It turns out crowds that care about the show uh, do in fact improve the product. Um, so go and see, go going to market. Never been in. See- yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. They've never been in Seattle before, and uh, they'd only been in LA once. So rather than running, you know, uh, Cedar Park, Texas, for the fifth time in in a year, they they you know hit LA the second <laughs> time. They hit they hit Portland the first time. They hit Seattle the first time, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but that's 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 a good point. There's my but my my large point was there's life to the show and adding an Adam Cole back that you can mix in with some of these other people, especially when it's someone like Adam Cole, who is, as we talked about for a lot of the first year that he was in AEW, he's a guy that they will always make sure is on TV every week. So he, he's not a guy who he's not a plug and play guy. He's not a guy who's going to show up and, and then disappear. He's not like a Lance Archer type or or somebody like that. Um, Couldn't have picked two more. (laughs) physically different people uh to compare him to but no um it's good to see him back it's good that there's like a new another big top act um and he's a baby face you've got a heel world champion 
You've got other other heels on the show like Swerve who will need opponents. Um, so seems like a good idea to have him back as a babyface. And in six months or a year, when it's when it's when people are less excited to see him, you can always turn him back and and you can go back to the elite stuff or or you can even have the elite be heels because I you know I think that's that that would work too. So if you if you are desperate to get back to that, you always can. But in the meantime, you have uh, Adam Cole's back and he has a, a fresh coat of paint. So that's that's good news. Uh, Adam Page beat John Moxley clean. They did a we're doing a fake concussion angle with John Moxley. Not something I would do when you're about to have a guy come back who was out with a real concussion for six months. Um, yeah. what, do you and, know? what do you know about that? But yeah, I just took that as okay. Moxley Moxley got concussed in this one. Hangman got concussed in the first match. So now they have to prove who's the toughest and they'll do. Well, it's a last Concussion man stand. on a pole. Yeah, well, they'll do last man standing. They'll do a a knockout match, um, or what they call them Texas Death matches in AEW. But it's a last man standing match. The te- the ten count match to prove who's toughest. Finally, that's that would be my guess as to where that's going. But in within the bubble uh, or within the, the the vacuum of it, Hangman Page just won with his finisher. But he was conflicted about having. Unlike John Moxley, who was bragging about concussing the hangman, the hangman was not happy to have done that to to uh, John because he is uh, he's a bit more sensitive of a of a, of a fellow. So, well, we know that we know this to be true. Um, John has not been very nice on TV lately. Mm-hmm. And hey, maybe John with this concussion angle can finally take that uh, that four or five weeks off. He was looking to take back in August. Something like that, something like that. What do we make of uh, CM? We'll, we still have a little bit more dynamite to get to here, but what do we make of CM Punk uh, making fun of MJF on Instagram? Did you uh, see this? I did. Hey, he... Kev, did you see this? <laughs> <laughs> so MJF uh, posted a picture of his PWI awards, mm. and mm. One, of, one of his awards was Best Feud, which he won for the feud with Punk, and uh, he had put a piece of tape over CM Punk's name. Uh, at which point Punk commented, why don't you put put a piece of tape over the ratings or something? Yes. Um, so, I mean, maybe he's just having fun or maybe he's actually mad or maybe he's coming back. <laughs> All things seem act- equally possible. Posted something on his Instagram stories last week bragging about how he uh, had like uh, four of the top 10 selling action figures of the year. Mm-hmm. On uh, on wrestlingfigures.com and uh, the top selling t-shirt ring, too, right? Ringside collectibles, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the uh, like three of the top ten uh, t-shirts over at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Very very interesting. I think I think this ends up with him back there. Hey man, time uh, time heals all wounds, and where else is he gonna go and make money? You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, suddenly, yeah. if Vince is running WWE, I feel like maybe there's not open arms over there anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a discussion we had at the time. It's like, who is less likely to want to do business with CM Punk, <laughs> Paul and Stephanie, or or Vince? But uh, I think, I think Vince, 
Vince, Vince less does, likely. Vince does love bringing a guy back who previously told him to go f himself, though. That's true. That's true. There's a long history of that. The power dynamic of now you're mine again, I think, exists for Vince. yes. So there's the there's that allure, but um, what on and on the punk side, would he want to go back to work for an insane old man who is maybe about to do a deal with the kingdom of Saudi Arabia? <laughs> or yeah, there is um, that too. But uh, yeah, uh, I I think the chances of him coming back seem higher than ever. The Elite won the best seven series. Mostly good matches, I would say. Mm-hmm. In that series. Uh, here's my takeaway from uh, from that series. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, there was a story last week that the Young Bucks haven't started negotiating a new contract yet. And it's like, well, their contract's not up for another year. Why is that a story? Right. Kenny Omega's contract is up at the end of this month. Unless he's <laughs> re-signed. Mm-hmm. Or unless they froze the deal and added time to it, and they haven't announced that yet. And Kenny Omega is now wrestling in New Japan and has their United States Championship Mm-hmm. Why? Why is the bigger story not Kenny Omega's contract expires way before the Young Bucks? What's going on with Kenny Omega's contract? But anyway, my takeaway from the Elite winning that, the winning those titles is well, nobody's going anywhere anytime soon. Uh you would think not. You would think that they wouldn't be putting belts on people that are or at least one of whom might be about to, to walk out and go work for, I mean, new Japan's not a competitor, obviously if he wants to do both, he'll do both. But right. if he went full time again with new Japan and suddenly was only appearing on AEW from time to time, that would obviously cha- drastically change their, their week to week television. So um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something to watch. And, and speaking of punk, it's like the, the most obvious thing in the world is for, the elite to be trios champions for a few months here and, and have a bunch of great matches and everybody loves them. And then if, and when punk's ready to come back, he comes back and he's got bald and hair with him. And, and you do CM punk and FTR versus versus the elite for double or nothing or all out next year in Chicago or whatever, whenever the timeline would, would make sense for that. Yeah. The other big thing from uh, from from Dynamite, uh, no Mercedes Monet. I believe it's Monet. The accent is over the e. Okay, and isn't the song? <laughs> doesn't she say Monet though? Well, whether it's however we say it, <laughs> the accent mark is over the e, and so it's not Monet. It's not Monet. Mm-hmm. It's Monet or Monet. Got it. <laughs> that person wasn't a dynamite, Mr. Point. <laughs> yeah, so they, they hyped this mystery partner and then they did a sit down interview with Britt Baker last week where she made a reference to the boss and winked at the camera. And uh, and then they, uh, they just didn't deliver this week. And uh, they... Had they announced Tony Storm as the partner and they delivered Tony Storm as the mystery partner, and so they can't be accused of falsely advertising, but they certainly 
watching their television, you would believe Mercedes is going to debut this week, and she did not. Interesting. Right. So there's a couple of options here. One is they just wanted to screw with people and try to get internet hype, and she was never coming in. Two Possible. Is, two is they thought they had a deal, and then the deal fell through. Possible. Or she could still be coming in, and they're going to, and they've galaxy-brained themselves into, well, the, as much disappointment as they might feel on this night when she does actually show up in the pay, at the pay-per-view in March or whenever whenever they would debut her um then we'll you know now then we'll really be off to the races with it but i don't know it definitely like uh <laughs> as it happened i mean like the crowd didn't crap on the match um though they were very firmly behind uh brit and and <laughs> jamie and were actively booing <laughs> Uh, Soraya and Tony Storm, um, but uh, I guess as they said in the arena, they the lights went out right after the the match ended, um, and people thought it was a debut, and instead it was a rampage promo, and yeah, the people in the building were were, were let down certainly, um, which is something you generally try not to do. <laughs> Um, but yes. like I didn't, I, but then I mean they were hot again for the main event, so it's not like they boycotted the show or people walked out. But yeah, it certainly felt like I, I didn't see a lot of like fear fury um, um, on the socials or anything. But there was definitely a feeling of why well, why would why would you why would you say the boss and literally wink into the camera if you weren't gonna <laughs> if you weren't delivering her. <laughs> Um, so I guess, I don't know, does any of these scenarios seem the most likely to you that it fell through, that they were just alluding to things that they never had a plan of, of following up on, or that she is still coming in, but maybe not till after she debuts for New Japan at the the show in February. Do any of these seem likely? I think the latter there. Okay. I, I think. All right. Well, let me play devil's advocate here for a second. Sure. Whatever WWE and and her were negotiating, and the story leaked out, the WWE saw her as past someone who was past her peak as a star, despite her and not at the level of Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Which, okay, like very few people have ever been at the level of Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. It's debatable, but they they've always pushed Charlotte. So, okay, I may not agree with that, but the fact that of the four horsewomen, she's by far the youngest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She she turns 31 next month. Becky's 35, Charlotte's 36, Bailey, I think, is 34. They all have relatively the same amount of television time. (laughs) So it's like, anyway, so if they're not going to offer her Becky or Charlotte money, what would her offer from WWE be? Educated guess, seven hundred fifty grand a year, guarantee. And and then you know she would make merch money on top of that, but you only keep you only get five or eight percent of your merch money or whatever it is in WWE. Right. And depending on the deal, I'm pretty, your own. 
I was going to say, depending on the deal, I think merch money only starts rolling in once you're once you've earned your downside or whatever. Right. Right. And I think she would sell enough merch that she would probably do OK. Mm. Um, but just educated guess, 750 grand. All right. That's that's my educated guess. Maybe someone will tell me I'm way off, but I'm usually right. So uh, <laughs> 750 grand. Um, New Japan is reportedly paying her a hundred grand a shot. Now, obviously, they're not going to pay her a hundred grand a shot in perpetuity. But let's just say she does this for one year, and she wrestles four to six times. Mm-hmm. Let's just split the difference and say she makes she wrestles five times, and she gets a hundred grand a shot. She makes five hundred grand from New Japan. She has her own pro wrestling tea store now where they keep a much larger percentage of the money. Mm-hmm. And let's say she does six conventions a year at 30 grand a pop, which is what her reported uh, booking price was. All of a sudden, we're real close to 750 grand. And she's traveling 12 times a year. Instead of traveling 52 weeks a year. Now, you could say, well, I could, why would you not just go to AEW and you can still do your conventions and you can still do your New Japan dates and you can still take your outside projects if they if they materialize. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, OK, well, yeah, that makes sense. But what if you don't want to travel 52 weeks a year? <laughs> what if you already have a lot of money? What if your what if your house is already paid for? What if your family's houses are already paid for? What do you want to do with your life? You know? And it's like, why would I travel 52 weeks a year? And what would AEW pay her? Another I don't I legitimately don't know the answer to that. I feel like 500 grand from AEW for someone that they would use at that level is too high. Sure. But maybe let's just arbitrarily say 500 grand. So now we're like 1.25 million outside of WWE working AEW. And mm-hmm. it's but but traveling 52 weeks a year plus traveling for 12 other dates. It's like that's a lot of travel and a lot of hustle. Is the juice worth the squeeze? So I think she ends up there. I've always thought she will end up there. I've been saying on the show for years that she's going to end up in AEW. There's just too many connections there for her not to. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think it's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen right away. I don't think there's urgency there, especially as long as there's another wrestling company that's paying her $100,000 plus per shot. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense the way you've uh, the way you've laid it out. Um, it's almost like you thought about this a lot. Uh, <laughs> I say that as if it's like <laughs> it's poor form on your part to have thought out your opinion <laughs> on a topic on our wrestling show. Um, no, and yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, there's always start as as we've talked about. It's a debut and return based business now. So it's <laughs> right. not like her stock will drop. Um, especially if she goes out, if she and Kyrie go out in February and kill it, which you would expect they will. 
And even if they only have a pretty good match, the crowd is going to be molten for it. Um, so you would think her stock is only going to raise as far as what she would mean to be walking onto an American wrestling television program, uh, whoever's that would be. So yeah, I don't, I don't feel right. like there's any rush to it. I understand why I don't think people are wrong to be disappointed in it because again, it was weird to tease it, but also yes. I think, I think to tease it that strongly or to tease it for this specific date. Um, it wasn't quite as strong yes. as the punk tease. They didn't book a building in her hometown <laughs> and, and have Darby right. Allen say he was going to call out the best in the world on it. But right. But it was, yeah, I mean, they, like you said, they absolutely alluded to the fact that, that she was coming in. So we'll see. And like, it's, and it also seems like I, I sort of subscribe to the theory that, well, I, I didn't expect her to be the partner because I imagine New Japan wants that first match to be there, that match in February. But right. you've now also set up a, even though it's not it's not necessarily clear yet if Sheeta is joining up with, with Brit's crew or if she just was mad at, at Tony Storm or whatever. Um, you You have set up there's three women who have been in AEW for a long time in Brit and Sheeta's case since like the first show. And right. And, uh, and Jamie's been there for a while. And then you, on the other side, you have Soraya and Tony storm who, I mean, in Soraya's case, she's absolutely a WWE talent in most right. people's eyes. Tony, maybe that's not fair because she did have a long career on the indies and, you know, wasn't really in WWE for that long, but you can still make that part of the story. She did come directly from WWE to AEW. Um, and then, yeah, well, what if a third? I mean, and you could slot in another former WWE woman that you have on your roster, like Ruby or somebody. But right. yeah, like down the line, whether the, you know that's the March pay-per-view, whether it's double or nothing, whether it's, again, later in the year or early next year, there's like a tailor-made thing to do an an originals versus invaders thing if you want to do that. So, and she would obviously fit very nicely into that. Yes. Yes, she would. <laughs> and obviously, I don't think you're she's not going to make if she's off TV for 3 years, she's not going to make 30 grand at a convention. Or a hundred grand a shot from New Japan mm -hmm. forever, but I just don't think there's like a lot of financial pressure to go and go and do it right away. So whatever. Uh, New Japan. I went to uh, Rust Kingdom in Tokyo. A whirlwind trip that you uh, you and your wife <laughs> had. Left on a Sunday morning, got back on a Friday night. Had two Fridays. <laughs> Left, left Japan at like uh, eight p.m. on a Friday, and got back to the United States at like ten thirty on a Friday night. <laughs> Just two full Fridays, two Fridays, longest damn, longest damn day of my life. <laughs> uh, I guess saw, saw some shows. I was gonna saw say Tokyo Joshi. Tokyo Joshi is uh, if I had time in life. I had more time. Um, fun little promotion. 
I don't necessarily trust the motivations of all the fans, but uh, Tokyo Joshi, as far as like like there were it was a the, I think an eight match show. There were like six short comedy type matches on the undercard, and then two serious matches to close the show. Two hour, two and a half hours, totally fine. A wonderful uh, totally. variety show. Yeah. <laughs> The Jay Leno show at 10 p.m. A wonderful variety show. Jay, Jay went on to 10 o'clock and he put on a wonderful variety show. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, later that same day, went to Wrestle Kingdom in Tokyo Dome. Here's the thing. I'm a five foot ten and a half. All right. Mm-hmm. You go to Japan. I'm a giant. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we were at a, uh, at a, at a temple. A Japanese temple as like uh, going on as we are going on a sightseeing tour of Tokyo, and I'm saying apparently it's tradition there to uh, that uh, everyone goes to the temple, and they have like uh, they have your Buddha there, and they have uh, some other kind of Japanese uh, religious shrine. I guess the two main religions there are whatever the native religion in Japan is, and then Buddhism. Mm-hmm. So, but so they have like these. I don't know if it's interfaith temples or whatever, but everybody goes to the temple and they pray to whoever they pray to for blessings for the new year. It's a nice tradition. And the, this huge crowd of people going towards this temple, and I'm standing in this crowd, and it's like I can see over the top of 99% of these people's heads. <laughs> it's like. I am not a tall person. Right. I am a giant there. <laughs> I am an absolute giant. You feel I like you could go just around like them. chopping people and stuff. <laughs> I could be their king if I wanted. <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be that difficult. Um anyways, but so because of that, the uh the seating in all in a lot of these venues is is not very comfortable. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, so the seats of the Tokyo Dome for a five and a half hour show, uh, oof, tough. And then New Year's Dash the next night, bench seating in a gymnasium, like, mm. ugh. And they sat, they sat all the international ticket buyers together at all of these shows. Oh, interesting. I don't know if they did at uh, actually Tokyo Joshi. I don't think they did, but at um. Wrestle Kingdom and New Year Dash. They said they had like international ticket buying sections. So a uh, lot of large Americans um, <laughs> squeezed into very tight spaces next to one another. Uh, uncomfortable seating. Let's put it that way. So you brought a little bit of home to uh, <laughs> to Japan, <laughs> which is go to a wrestling show yeah. and just be surrounded sure. by enormous smelly people. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Why not? Uh, lovely country. Um, it's a big city. It's just like going to a bit any other big city. Um, at at one point, I got into a, a taxi, and uh, taxi driver goes, uh, "Excuse me, uh, I don't speak English very well, but uh, are you in professional wrestling?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, "Nah, no, nah, I'm just a fan." He goes, ah, uh, Kenny Omega, good fight. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Kenny Omega, good fight. Agreed. And I was wearing New Japan track suit. And uh, and he goes, uh, nice New Japan pro wrestling costume. <laughs> so, yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. I would live <laughs> off of a compliment from a, jack- a Japanese taxi cab driver <laughs> for like six months. You could not dash my self-esteem. <laughs> yes. team. If, uh, if a it's Japanese pretty taxi nice cab New Japan pro wrestling costume. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yes, yes that's yeah, it's great. You know, Kenny Omega, good fight. <laughs> yes, felt very much like an ugly American. Um, yeah, but uh, you can get surprisingly far on uh, Kenichiwa, uh, height and Arigato. Huh. Manners cost nothing, you know. So, uh, yeah, you can get surprised and uh, and the translate app on your phone. Um, that's how I was communicating with text with the taxi driver, although he uh he did speak enough English, obviously, to say a nice new Japan pro wrestling costume and uh, <laughs> Kenny Omega good fight. <laughs> so, so there's that, <laughs> and uh, and I bumped into Mercedes at the airport, you know. She has a bit of a reputation mm. running into sweaty fans at airports. <laughs> sweaty autograph hounds at airports. Mm-hmm. Not her favorite people. But uh, we we're sitting there. And uh, as it turns out, we didn't realize uh, Naomi was all, was like sitting two seats over uh, yeah. sleeping on the on the seats. On the seats at the uh, seats at the airport, she's like all bundled up and stuff though, so like not easily recognizable. And then uh, Mercedes walks up and it's like, "Hey, Pat's Merce- uh, Pat's Naomi on that or whatever." <laughs> the wife grabs my arm, I'm just stand there like, "Holy s!" I'm like, "All right, well, here's the deal. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to talk to her and." uh I'm gonna say, uh, is it alright if I take a photo, or if my is it alright if my wife takes a photo? And mm-hmm. if she says yes, just uh, I'll wave you over, and you can uh, and you can take a photo of us. So I go over. I go, Mercedes. I just wanted to say, congratulations on making your debut. It uh, very glad I could be here for it. It was very special for me to be here for it, making it all about myself <laughs> by accident, but just. <laughs> diary of the mouth you know sure. <laughs> and she's like oh oh well, thank you would it be all right if my wife took a photo of us and she said yes of course so Anna comes over snaps a few photos and uh i say all right well thank you thank you very much and she's like right, you're welcome nice to meet you and I'm like, all right, safe travels. She said, okay, thanks, bye. So that's how that went. Wonderful little interaction. Uh, better, better than the ones that where you paid to meet her. You would say. Uh she was very nice. She was overly nice one time that I paid to meet her. She was um, awkwardly nice another time that I paid to meet her, and then another time that I paid to meet her, I just. I got like complete stage fright um, and didn't know what was happening. Uh, so I blame that one on me. 
But uh, yeah, you know, same or equal. I was going to say, oh, I, I think that's good, though, because as you said, there is there is a reputation. I imagine she's not getting people shoving a bunch of posters and action figures in her face at the, the airport in Tokyo. Right. Um, so maybe that also helped uh, helped out. But uh, but yeah, I'm sure it was uh, it was like you said, it was it was just a nice little pleasant interaction. And you did something that I think more more people with awareness should do which is go up and say <laughs> hello and ask is it okay if we take a picture together don't just yes. walk up with your phone out yes uh, just you know generally speaking and if they say no okay well that's kind of a fun story in and of itself isn't it <laughs> yes yes it is but you know if they're you know if they're just if they're not in the middle of being swarmed by people and they're not and you're not overly weird about it generally speaking people are you know people want to want to be accommodating for that kind of stuff so good uh a positive she was just, banks, uh, uh, airport interaction is nice to hear about yeah she was just sitting there drinking orange juice uh playing on her phone when i when i uh when i interrupted so it's not like you know Naomi was asleep. It's like I, I was just anyway. So then Kevin Kelly and uh, and uh, Hikaleo came over and uh, Kevin Kelly spent like 15 minutes talking about how much his home was worth to uh, to Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, you know, I live in such such place, Pennsylvania, and it's, uh, it's zoned as farmland. And, you know, if you grow vegetables or you have a certain number of uh, cows or whatever, you get certain tax breaks and uh you know, my house was, I bought my house for $175,000 in, uh, in 2013 and yada, yada, yada. And it's only worth $212,000 now, but because of the tax breaks, it's actually worth X amount of dollars. It's just like, what is happening? What is going on here? <laughs> did, did we learn about Hikaleo's house at all? No, he introduced, he did it. He introduced himself to Naomi as uh, Tamatonga's brother. Oh, okay. Uh, Hikaleo definitely passes the airport test. You know, does the guy stand out walking through the airport? Mm-hmm. Guy's like six, six, seven. And uh, he was sitting with the pores on the airplane mm. <laughs> while Naomi and Sasha were in uh, like the uh, these first class uh, pod type things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, I guess Hikalei with Jay White are having a loser leaves Japan match where they might do a double count out because <laughs> WWE wants Hikaleo, WWE and AEW want uh, want Jay White, and uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see how that goes. But uh, Hikaleo definitely stands out walking through the airport. Saw Carl Anderson in the airport. Very famous. Very famous. Starting Carl. around. Starting around with his invisible lats and uh, wearing some wearing sunglasses in an airport at like eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and uh, just can't 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 bother. Uh, can't be bothered. He's, he just doesn't want to be noticed. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, but starting around with, uh, you know, all of his his giant muscles and his uh, bright red tennis shoes and wearing sunglasses. It was very funny. I will say I did see him bump into a fan or a fan bump into him and he was very nice to the fan. So uh, 
I may personally still hate the Good Brothers, but uh, they they <laughs> Carl Carl seemed to be nice to a fan, so there's that. Well, there's, that's good. I will say, yeah. Can about... you imagine? Sorry, sorry. Can Can you imagine Kevin Kelly and Kevin Kelly voice explaining to Naomi <laughs> all about the, the the tax credits he gets on his homestead? One hundred percent. That is that's incredible. That's. <laughs> I I like Kevin. Kevin was nice, very, very, very nice to me the one time I met him in person. But mm-hmm. very on brand, isn't yes. it? <laughs> it's like it's Sorry, a little just... bit of like hoity-toity. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm a smart investor, and I want everyone to know I am. And it's a little bit yes. just like he's a 50 year old dad, and that's what 50 year old dads yes. want to talk about is their property and property values. Exactly, and he and... probably votes Republican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and he, yeah. yeah, he just has a very, and he just has, but every, and and he's been in wrestling so long, he's been a broadcaster <laughs> for so long that everything he says sounds like he's putting on that, like it's like, is he putting on a voice? No, that's just how he talks now. <laughs> that's just how Kevin Kelly talks. Honest to God, he wanders around and he talks like that. You saw him later going through airport security, and he's like talking. He's doing the progressive becoming your parents commercial shtick <laughs> with like the people working working TSA in the airport. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I almost left my wallet in the uh, the tray. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's fun. Oh, I love that. It's like, you know, you know, the the actual he's talking to Mercedes and Naomi and he goes, like, you know, the actual this is the actual work of the job here is the is the travel. He's like <laughs> Everything else, everything else is the fun part. This is the real work, is the travel. <laughs> Very funny. Very I funny. love, I love, yes, that's 1000% on brand for what I imagine Kevin <laughs> Kelly is like in his, in his day-to-day life. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you just back to, you mentioned Hikaleya and the airport test. That is like the one thing about him when, when I went to that new Japan show in Philly uh, last year was they, there's like a bullet club 10 men on that show. And of course people were into to Jay and I think Ishii was on the other team. So people were into that, but I'm watching, I'm just like, this is a tall some bitch. <laughs> when, when Hikaleya was like, this guy has like, he has a little bit of a presence to him. Just, you know, I don't know if he'll ever be like, uh, you know, anything to write home about as like a, a a performer in a wrestling ring, but he's definitely a guy where you're like, yeah, I get it. Like, I get why every company would look at a guy that looks like that and go, we should, we should try to get him. Yep. 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 All right. Uh, and uh, hey, uh, Mercedes and uh, Kyrie sold out their show as the only match announced on the card. They sold out all but like 50 tickets and then um, they sold out all but like uh, four tickets and then they announced two pre-show matches and those four tickets went like that. So Sasha and uh, and Kyrie sold 2,146 tickets and Bobby Fish sold four tickets. <laughs> Folks, where's the lie? Uh yeah. yeah, good for good for good for Bob. Glad he's he's still getting work after <laughs> after after he did it. No, it's it's exciting. That show I think is gonna be a lot of fun. They because of the way New Japan operates as a company, they can't say what the they're out there's gonna be an IWGP heavyweight title <laughs> match on that show. They can't even say who's gonna challenge the winner of Shingo. They announced what Shingo and 
and Okada is a new beginning in like next week. And then uh, the winner of that will defend the belt at the at the February show. But uh, it's uh, the the title matches on uh, this uh, it's on February 11th. And then the the battle oh, that's show right. is the fo- is the following Saturday. That's right. So <laughs> turnaround time is very, very short. But they were. Yeah. But they're not even going to announce that, you know, the winner of that right. match will right. face Jay or, right. or, or Naito right. or whoever it ends up being. Right. Yeah. Very strange. That's just how they do stuff. You think yeah. uh you think Kenny wrestles on that show? You would think that uh I think it depends if they put more tickets on sale or not. You would think that the United States champion is gonna be wrestling on uh on shows in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you would also think why would we pay Kenny? 75 to 100 grand if we've already sold the building out you know so if they can open it up and sell some more tickets maybe um although they may not be thinking that way they may be thinking let's uh super serve the crowd that sold this thing out and give them added value i don't know i don't know yeah they they teased uh what him and Cobb for the title so that yes. that just seems like a match that would take place in california San Jose, yeah. Yeah, that definitely. I could definitely see it. I thought that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um and then and then they sold it out. So it's like, well, maybe you don't need to, but they probably will, I guess. All right. Anything else you want to get into here? No, I think that uh, that about covers all the all the big notes here. It's been just an exhausting first two weeks of January. <laughs> sure is. All right. Well, until next time, everyone, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. I was... um at work today and at like 458 uh a very old man called uh to ask ask questions about his account um and he wanted to talk to my uh my office manager um uh and he didn't know her name though so he's like uh, i was a uh, you know a, a lady helped me there i was in last week it's like do you know her name no and he goes uh, yeah, she's she's very helpful. Uh, she was an Italian, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, for a second, I was like, "Ooh, is this going to turn into one of those things where somehow that generation is <laughs> like racist against other white, <laughs> other white people?" It's going to take a turn here, uh, but it did not. He 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 was complimentary. He was just he could not think of another descriptor. <laughs> Couldn't think of like she dark, was Italian. Couldn't think of like dark hair or glasses or she sat at you know 
the desk in the corner or you know anything it's just that's how he's described it to me the lady that helped me she was an italian (laughs) (laughs) and it reminded me of uh when rick flair is cutting a promo on on vince russo on thunder in the year 2000 and he starts it by saying this is not a crack on the italians and this is not a crack on the italians this is my take you see russo the way i see it you were a skinny little Italian kid growing up in the Bronx. In New York. And your papa said, like every young man in New York, you want to be like Bruno Sammartino, the champion of the WWF. Wow. And you said, Oh, Papa, I admire Bruno. He's a great man, a great role model, but he, he's a little bit too slow. I want, I want to be a little slicker. He said, your Papa said, oh, no, no, Vinny, you got to grow up. You got to be like Bruno. He's the man. And you said, oh, Papa, Papa, please, please, I want something else in life. So I figured your dad had a little more money than the rest of the guys in the neighborhood. He bought you the cable out of Atlanta, Georgia, TBS. And one day, one day, your daddy heard you going, Papa, Papa, Daddy, Daddy, Mama, come, come see, come see. Your daddy ran in the room, horrified. He said, no, turn that off, turn that off. You said, Papa, I want to be just like him. Woo! Oh, yeah! Your mama went, oh, no! Vinny, this is a good Catholic family! You can't be like the nature boy! You can't style and profile! Your papa said to Vinny, Vinny, you can't be like a nature boy! You got no muscles! You got no girlfriends! You got no long limousine! You can't be like the nature boy. <laughs> He's making it personal. Oh, you ain't kidding. It's been personal. And he knows oh, it. Oh, Papa. I try to keep on keeping on.